It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Price drop, time to shop. Get to a Nordstrom Rack store today for first dibs on new markdowns. Now score even more, up to 70% off brands everyone loves at Nordstrom Rack. Denim, dresses, sneakers, tops, and more. Plus, get genius deals on jackets, sweaters, and boots for the whole family. Shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and save up to 70% with new markdowns. But hurry, deals this great won't last. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Welcome to the Locked On Titans podcast. I am your host, Tyler Rowland. Titans fans, it is a rewatch Wednesday edition of the Locked On Titans podcast. And that means it is time to step into the film room and take a look at what the Titans did schematically to come back and defeat the Seahawks in Seattle. But first, I do want to tell you guys about the new and improved Locked On NFL Draft podcast. It relaunched on Monday with new hosts. You have Eric Crocker for the scouting aspect. You have Ryan Tracy for the analytics aspect. Make sure that you follow the Locked On NFL Draft podcast on YouTube, on the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcast. But like I said, it is a rewatch Wednesday episode of the Locked On Titans podcast, and it may be my favorite show of the week. I'm so excited to step into the film room and tell you guys what the Titans did from an X's and O's perspective to defeat the Seahawks and come back and get a thrilling victory in overtime. They made some key adjustments on offense with their personnel groupings. They made some key adjustments on defense in the type of players that they used in the second half. So I'm going to tell you guys exactly what the Titans did. Before we get into my film notes, do got to tell you guys about some roster moves that the Titans made on Tuesday as well. The Titans cut a defensive starter on Tuesday. So some pretty surprising moves midway through the week right before the Titans take on their division rival, the Indianapolis Colts. I'm going to break down what the moves were and what I think might be coming next. So a big-time show today, a lot to go over. It is a Rewatch Wednesday edition of the Locked on Titans podcast. Let's get it! You are Locked on Titans, your daily Tennessee Titans podcast part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Titans fans, let's dive into this rewatch Wednesday. We are going to start by talking about the surprising roster moves that the Titans made on Tuesday. Before we do, Got to remind you guys, I am going to be putting out daily, Monday through Friday, Tennessee Titans content here on the Locked On Titans podcast. Make sure that you never miss an episode by subscribing to the Locked On Titans podcast on whatever platform you do stream podcasts. Subscribe to the Locked On Titans YouTube channel. Smash that notification bell so you know when my new content and my new episodes go live. Also, I've been putting out some amazing clips 
from Sunday's game. Some amazing film work from Sunday's game on my Twitter account, at Tic Tac Titans. Make sure that you follow me there and go check out the last 48 hours of awesome film content that I have been producing. Follow the show on Facebook, at Locked on Titans Pod as well. But let's dive into these roster moves. And like I said at the beginning of the show, the Titans cut a defensive starter on Tuesday, and that was safety Bradley McDougald. And I know a lot of you guys are thinking, well, McDougald played terrible in that game, so it makes sense to cut him in. Okay, he did play bad. But who are you replacing him with? One thing that we are going to talk about a lot in the defensive segment of our Rewatch Wednesday is how the Titans used Dane Crookshank as a dime and sub-package linebacker to kind of shift that game against the Seattle. Well, a lot of people are saying, well, Dane Crookshank played well. This just means they're going to give more opportunities to him. Well, here's the thing. Bradley McDougald's role and Dane Crookshank's role in the defense on Sunday, we're not the same. So you can't just replace McDougald with Crookshank because you're going to be taking Crookshank out of the role and situation that allowed him to play well last week. So I don't agree that it just means Dane Crookshank is now going to be the starting safety for the Titans. I think that would be a mistake. He serves better, better in the third safety role, which we'll talk about more when we get into my film notes. But if they don't use Dane Crookshank, which Dane Crookshank isn't really a free safety of any kind anyway, he's a box safety, a strong safety. Think about Dane Crookshank as a, a more athletic and younger version of Kenny Vaccaro. That's the way the Titans are using Dane Crookshank. You wouldn't think Dane Crookshank would be using being played like a Monty Hooker. That, that doesn't make sense. And Bradley McDougald is in place of a Monty Hooker. So it's not a, it's not a perfect square-to-square -square fit there with Crookshank and McDougald. So that leads us to more questions. If the Titans don't want to change the role that Dane Crookshank's in, that means they're going to be looking for somebody else to fill that McDougald role. Would it be the number one answer, Matthias Farley, who is currently on the Titans active roster, got a little bit more reps. He's been mostly a special teams guy for the Titans, but maybe they feel comfortable with Matthias Farley and say, hey, Farley is just as good as McDougald out there if McDougald's going to play that bad. So why not just go with Farley and look to do some other things? You could look at Jamal Carter, who played with the Titans during the preseason and is currently on the Titans practice squad. Maybe a Breon body Calhoun, if they want to use him in a safety role. Hey, maybe they could even try to get Kenny Vaccaro back, who is a free agent at this time. For my money, they're probably going to put Matthias Farley in that role. But I would be shocked if the Titans only keep three safeties on the active roster. Right now, they have Dane Crookshank, Kevin Byard, and Matthias Farley. Mike Vrabel talked about how important the versatile safety position is for the Titans earlier this year. So I would be shocked if they don't fill that with somebody. But I just don't think Jamal Carter, Breon Body Calhoun are the answer there. They'll probably look to sign a street-free agent. Um... That could have trickle-down effects here on the roster. The Titans definitely need some help along the offensive line with injuries to Roger Saffold and Taylor Lewan. They most certainly will try to add somebody to the active roster for some offensive line depth, but I would just be shocked if they only keep three safeties. The other move, they did cut defensive lineman Anthony Rush, and I wasn't very high on Rush for most of the preseason and training camp. There were some whispers and some rumors like Mike Keith, on the official Titans podcast for the team, said that he was pushing Tyre Tart for starting nose tackle duties. 
no offense, love all the people over there with the Titans, but you can't trust their analysis. They're state-sponsored media. They're homers to the max. They get paid by the team. They're not going to say anything legitimate. So I always thought it was nonsense that Rush would be a guy who would push Tyre Tart. I was surprised he made the final 53, but a guy who I kind of liked more in the preseason was Woodrow Hamilton. And he's on the practice squad right now. He could get the call up to the active roster. He actually was protected by the Titans as a practice squad player this week, along with Matt Barkley, uh, along with some other options as well. Let me pull up the list just to make sure I'm telling you right. Corey Levin and Tommy Hudson, which makes sense. The the Titans are probably going to bring up a couple of those guys to the active roster. Probably Hamilton, probably Levin with the depth issues I just mentioned. But also, Amani Bledsoe on the Titans practice squad could get the call up. And Naquan Jones, an undrafted free agent from this year. I would suspect Woodrow Hamilton gets called up. I would expect Corey Levin gets called up from the practice squad to the active roster just for this game this week. And then they go back to the practice squad after that. But two open roster spots for the Titans. They need depth along the offensive line. They need depth at safety as well. So let's see what they decide to do later in the week. So those are the moves that the Titans made. They cut Bradley McDougald. They cut Anthony Rush. Kind of surprise move from my perspective. Let's see what they do going forward this week. But it is time. It is time to step into the film room with me. Take a look at my rewatch notes. I've rewatched this game about three or four times. I've watched the TV copy. I've watched the coaches tape. And I'm ready to tell you exactly what the Titans did from a schematic standpoint to win this game. Before we get into that, do got to remind you guys about betonline.ag, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all the pro and college football action this fall. They have all kinds of updated props all kinds of updated odds, all kinds of updated contests, all football season long, all year long, basically, depending on what you're looking on. They have everything from football to basketball, which basketball season is about to begin. NHL season is about to begin. They have boxing. You have Canelo and Plant about to fight as well. They even have your favorite Vegas casino game. So anything you want to bet on, you can find it at betonline.ag. And when you sign up, make sure that you use the promo code Locked On. That's one word, Locked On, and you're going to get a 100% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Also, got to tell you guys about Get Upside. Titans fans, Tyler Rowland here, trying to tell you guys about an incredible app that everyone who buys gas needs to know about. It's called Get Upside. My listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas Every time they fill up, just download the free Get Upside app in the App Store or on Google Play right now. Use the promo code TOUCHDOWN. That's promo code TOUCHDOWN, and you'll get a bonus $0.25 cents per gallon on your first fill-up. That's up to $0.50 cents cash back per gallon. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Make sure you get cash back by using Get Upside. Just download the app for free. Remember, use that promo code TOUCHDOWN and you'll get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making up to $200, $300 a month in cash back and there's no catch. The cash back gets added right to your account. You can cash out at any time and it goes directly to your bank account, PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon or other brands. Just download the free Get Upside app, use the promo code TOUCHDOWN, and get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. That's promo code TOUCHDOWN for app Get Upside. 
Titans fans, it is time. It is time for Rewatch Wednesday, what could be my favorite part of the show all week long. I'm excited to talk about what I saw on film from the Titans as they came back and beat the Seahawks in overtime. Going to talk about the offense first, talk about the defense next, but let's dive in. And remember, you have to follow me on Twitter at Tic Tac Titans. I basically showed the visual aspect of all of these notes I'm going to give to you guys throughout the last 48 hours on my Twitter. Make sure you go back and check that out. But on offense, early on, the Titans came out and they were looking to run with the fullback. They had one tight end on the field, two tight ends on the field, and then the fullback. If there's only one tight end, you would call that 21 personnel. Two running backs, one tight end, 21. If it was two tight ends, it would be 22 personnel. Two backs, two tight ends. The wide receivers are not added into the count, and that's how you do personnel numbers for anybody who was interested in how that works. So the Titans were trying to run with a fullback, but a couple early runs were very unsuccessful. What the Titans needed is they needed to find a way to get the Seahawks' second-level defenders closer to the line of scrimmage. So basically, the Seahawks have some very good second-level defenders who are great at attacking the line of scrimmage. And one of the problems with the Titans' outside zone scheme and when they've run into trouble is when there is penetration through the gaps, because this is how it works. There are combo blocks up front, which means, like, for uh, for example, Ben Jones and Roger Saffold are going to double-team a defensive tackle, and then after the block is accomplished, Roger Saffold is going to climb up and get to a linebacker. That's called a combo block. You start with a double-team, and then one of the guys travels up to the second level to get a second-level defender. Well, the problem is... If you have good second-level defenders who are great at penetrating, like a Bobby Wagner, like a Jordan Brooks, like a Jamal Adams, perfect example, well, then it's going to be a struggle for the offensive lineman to get off the double team and then get to the second-level defender because those second-level defenders are penetrating so quickly and so hard. I know. I know. Let's move forward. We're talking football. But either way, so what the Titans wanted to do was, rather than having the Seahawks have five guys on the defensive line and then three guys or four guys, usually four guys, on the second level, they wanted to try to get some of those defenders closer to the line of scrimmage, which gives them less runway to create power and create energy and to create speed to get through those gaps and penetrate the offensive line. Also, it makes it easier to double team and it makes it easier to get initial push and initial knockback because you don't have to worry about those guys penetrating those gaps. So how could the Titans go from having a fullback and having four defenders at the second level and five on the front to having six guys on the line of scrimmage instead of five like you would normally see with a 5-3 or or a 5-3 with a 3-4 where you would have five guys on the line of scrimmage or with a 4-3 oftentimes you would have one of the outside linebackers hanging in an over or an under front so they would have five guys on the line of scrimmage they're bringing down Jamal Adams as a safety so how do the Titans find a way to eliminate the advantage that those second-level Seahawks defenders had to get ahead of steam, get penetration through gaps. Well, here's what the Titans did. Essentially, they brought in three tight ends, and instead of having them, you know, a fullback in the back, they would just have a straight line of the offensive line, the five guys, a tight end on one side, two tight ends on the other side, completely flattened out. 
Or what they would do is, and I talked about this all summer, using the physical wide receivers to act as pseudo tight ends. Ah, we got to see that. So what the Titans were doing is they would either use three tight ends, like I talked about, or they would use two tight ends, one on either side of the offensive line, and then they would motion in A.J. Brown or Nick Westbrook-Akina or Josh Reynolds, and they would basically be on the outside shoulder of one of the tight ends creating the three tight end look. And here's how the Seattle defense responded. They put six guys on the line of scrimmage. So your typical four down linemen, a linebacker on one side and Jamal Adams on the other side, putting six guys right there on the line of scrimmage. And like I just explained and talked about, that creates an advantage for the Titans. Less second level defenders to cut through the gaps and cut through the slow developing outside zone, inside, inside zone runs, less time for them to get there, and with more guys on the line of scrimmage, it makes it easier for the Titans' offensive line to figure out who they're going to block, who's getting double-teamed, and then there are less defenders at the second level, so climbing to the second level to get to that guy is not as important, which gives the offensive line more time to focus on the double-teams, and when you do that, that allows you to create more push in the run game and open up more lanes. And that's why Derrick Henry was able to get so many yards in the second half because that is the adjustment that the Titans did at halftime. They went to the three tight end formations spread out. They went to the two tight ends with a wide receiver condensing the formation and turning it into a three tight end formation essentially. And it had great success. I showed a clip on Twitter, basically, of where the Titans decided to do this, and Jamal Adams was just blitzing off the edge every single time. Well, you remember Derrick Henry's 60-yard touchdown run? What happened there? All of the Seahawks were up at the line of scrimmage. Jamal Adams blitzed in super aggressively, and A.J. Brown was able to wash him into the middle of the formation. Derrick Henry just bounced it outside, and now he's one-on-one -on -one with a cornerback, beat him one-on-one -on -one down the sideline with a safety, stiff arm, see a Quandre Diggs, and now it's a house call. Tutty, paint job, 60 yards, and the Titans are starting to roll. So an incredible adjustment by Todd Downing to change the run game from having the fullback in the backfield, having one tight end runs, to going with two tight ends, three tight ends, two tight ends with a wide receiver condensed as a tight end. It totally made the difference because it brought six Seattle Seahawks defenders to the line of scrimmage, which benefits the Titans offense. So you love to see that. Now, do want to talk about the passing game. The Seahawks, like I mentioned in the game preview, are going to run a ton of zone defense, and that's exactly what they did. They played a ton of cover three, and the Titans were ready for that. They used a bunch of cover three beaters. So think about a cover three. Usually you're going to have four defenders covering from 10 to 15 yards across from sideline to sideline. Then you're going to have three defenders, usually the two outside cornerbacks and one deep safety, and they are going to cover deep thirds. So one-third of the field on the outside, one-third of the field on the outside, safety covering one-third deep in the middle. Well, the Titans ran some great route concepts to defeat that, and they did it out of trips. So what the Titans did was they put three wide receivers on one side of the field and only a tight end on the other. Now, what that is going to do is if you're not in man coverage, it's going to let Ryan Tannehill know immediately, oh, there aren't three cornerbacks over there with those three wide receivers. That means that they're in zone. So easy indicator of what the coverage is. And then 
what the Titans are going to do. They're going to use their route concepts to attack zone. So how do you beat zone? You flood a zone. You put too many guys around too many zone defenders. They don't know who to guard, and it opens things up. We saw that over and over. You know all those passes to Chester Rogers for about 10 yards right at the first down marker? Well, that's because Chester Rogers was the inside slot guy, and he was running up about 10 yards and then just turning around to Ryan Tannehill. What that does is that occupies those second-level zone defenders who are over the middle of the field from 10 to 15 yards. That occupies them. Then what they do is they take A.J. Brown, who is in the middle of the three wide receivers, Chester Rogers on the inside, closest to Ryan Tannehill, Julio Jones on the outside, closest to the sideline, A.J. Brown in the middle. And they're going to take A.J. Brown, and they're going to run a deep crossing route. Now, who does that occupy? Well, that's going to occupy the deep middle safety because A.J. Brown is essentially crossing his face and going deep. So you can't give up that over the middle of the field. And then Julio Jones is on the outside, and he's running about 12, 15 yards and cutting straight across the middle of the field. So now the middle of the field safety is occupied by A.J. Brown's deep crosser. The middle of the field underneath zone defenders are occupied by Chester Rogers, which opens up the middle of the field and a hole in the zone defense for Julio Jones on the deep dig, the deep in. And they hit Julio Jones on that a few times. They also hit Chester Rogers a few times on those curls. The Titans went to that route concept and that route combination against cover three over and over and over again and got three to four first downs in big third and long, second and long situations on that route combination. They also used flood concepts where you take the inside defender and he runs a flat. You take the middle or inside defender. You take the inside wide receiver in the trips and he runs a flat route to the sideline. You take the middle wide receiver in the trips and he runs a deep out to the sideline. And then you take the outside guy and you just run him straight down the field. What that's going to do is the outside guy is going to clear the outside corner because he's got deep third. The Underneath defenders who are covering close to the sideline from 0 to 15 on the sideline, they're going to have to come up on the flat route, and it should create a hole right in between the deep corner and right in between the underneath defender for the deep out for A.J. Brown, and the Titans hit on that numerous times. They also used the double post concept, and this was the miss to Chester Rogers in the red zone. Hard to call it a miss. There's some debate. I think Ryan Tannehill got contacted too early to make an accurate throw, but if you got three guys covering the deep thirds, the Titans would run a deep post with two guys on one side, Chester Rogers and Julio Jones. So Julio Jones is running a deep post from the outside, which keeps the left side deep third defender occupied. Then you have Chester Rogers running that deep crosser who turns into a deep post right in front of the middle safety, and A.J. Brown is on the other side of the field running a fade route to occupy that right deep third. Well, Chester Rogers was open on that a couple times. Tannehill didn't have time to get it to him, but either way, great calls by Todd Downing. Coverage-specific route combinations that were perfect for what the defense was doing, and they hit on that numerous times. I also just want to mention the Titans had a ton of success late in the game by dumping off the ball either to the the tight end would block real quick and then slip out into a route. The Titans hit Tommy Hudson on that, hit Michael Pruitt twice on that. The Titans also had a lot of success dumping it off to their running backs, Derrick Henry and Jeremy McNichols, especially late. 
that was an adjustment that the Titans made because as the Titans started having success in the passing game, the Seahawks zone defenders started backing up more and more to cover the middle of the field, and that allowed the Titans to dump it off and still get really good games. So a great offensive game plan from Todd Downing. He attacked cover three with specific route combinations. He adjusted halfway through the game with the personnel he used in the run game and the formations that he used in the run game and also decided to start dumping it off as that Seattle zone defense started to back up. Just absolutely excellent stuff from Todd Downing. Remember, if you want to see that visually, go to my Twitter account, at Tic Tac Titans, and you'll see all the clips that I posted over the last day and a half or so. But we are going to move to the defensive side of the ball. Before we do, got to remind you guys about DirecTV Stream. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live. You've got another device that lets you stream your favorite shows. You're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbors log in for all the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you there is a simple way to get all the entertainment that you love without the hassle, and it is a great way to get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream. It brings you live TV and on-demand favorites, puts them together like never before, so you never have to worry about getting all your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place ever again. That means no more juggling remotes, no need to buy another device ever again, and the best part, there's no annual contract. So go to directtv.com right now and find out how you can get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. That's directtv.com, compatible device required, content varies by package. Also, want to tell you guys about the best tasting protein bars in the galaxy from our friends over at BuiltBar.com. Right now, they have a limited time flavor called Cookie Dough Chunk. It's absolutely excellent. Really good flavor with the cookie dough. Then they've got some some chunkiness to it. Some some I don't even know what the ingredients are. They're like puff balls or something, but they add a really fantastic texture to the bar. They have tons of other flavors that you would be interested in as well. All the bars are covered in 100% chocolate. Also, the bars don't just taste good. They're healthy for you as well. Low calorie, low protein or low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber. Make sure you go to BuiltBar.com right now. Use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Once again, that's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Titans fans, let's cap off this rewatch Wednesday edition of the Locked on Titans podcast by talking about what the Titans defense did on Sunday to win them that game. And first and foremost, the number one thing that stood out to me was the Titans really went with heavy four-man fronts, especially in the early downs. So they were basically playing a 4-3 throughout the day. I know we think of the Titans as a 3-4 team, but remember, When Mike Vrabel got hired, he said front multiplicity, and that's what we got from the Titans. The Titans mostly showed four-man front. Um, They would have Danico Autry at defensive end with Bud Dupree, Tyre Tart, and Jeffrey Simmons in the middle. They would even use Landry and Bud Dupree, and then Autry and Simmons in the middle, so they switched it up a ton. But either way, they played a ton of four-man fronts with a typical 4-3 alignment where they would have four defensive linemen on the ball, and then they would have Harold Landry, David Long, Rashawn Evans. They even did it in certain ways in sub-packages where they would use their nickel and diamond packages with five and six defensive backs and still show a four-man, four-three front. They would have 
David Long with Dane Crookshank and Chris Jackson. They would have David Long, Rashawn Evans, and Dane Crookshank as the linebackers with four-man fronts. And it was a great way for the Titans to stay in nickel and dime personnel uh, without compromising their run defense. And here's why. Basically, the Titans' front four was so dominant against the run and getting pressure on Russell Wilson that the Titans could stay in nickel and dime personnel on defense with five, six defensive backs, and they would not get blasted in the run game. The Seahawks don't have a good enough offensive line to really punish the Titans. And the Seahawks do a great job with wide receiver screens, with motion, with runs, a bunch of misdirection. Great job with play-action fakes, play-action bootlegs, some of the things that the Titans do well. And one of the great ways that you can counter that is by having that speed on the field, having an extra defensive back, having two extra defensive backs, having five, six defensive backs out there. Because think about it. If you bite on the play-action fake and you're a linebacker, you're going to have a tough time getting back into position because linebackers aren't as fast as defensive backs. Well, if you have defensive backs at linebacker positions, and even if they bite on those play-action fakes, they're still going to be better at coverage, they're going to be quicker athletes, and they're going to be able to get back in a good position quickly, more quickly than a typical linebacker would do. So the Titans were able to have their cake and eat it too. They were able to stop the run with nickel and dime personnel, but they were also able to have them in there to prevent Seattle taking an advantage in the play-action game. And the Titans went a lot more to those nickel and dime looks as the game went on. That was an adjustment that was made at halftime. Hey, these are working. We're not getting the ball ran down our th- run down our throats when we go small on defense. So we're going to keep showing heavy packages like a 4-3 with small personnel groupings with multiple defensive backs. And we're going to be able to stop the run and play the play-action and misdirection pass game even better. So that was just... Excellent stuff. And speaking of that diamond front, they would have, I talked about this a little bit at the beginning of the show. They would have Dane Crookshank essentially playing linebacker on passing downs. They would have Chris Jackson in the slot. They would have David Long as a linebacker as well. And what the Titans started to do in passing situations and guaranteed passing downs, I talked about how they would use four-man fronts and a 4-3 look on early downs. Well, on those late downs, In those passing situations, they would run that diamond formation with Crookshank at linebacker and Chris Jackson in at slot corner, and they would have David Long basically go to the line of scrimmage. So you have the four defensive linemen and David Long on the line of scrimmage. That's a 50 front is what you would call that. So now the offensive line doesn't know exactly where to slide, doesn't know exactly who's going to be able to double team who, and it created some good advantages in the pass rush for the Titans. They would have different guys dropping back in and out, and it really confused Seattle's offensive line at times and really helped the Titans generate pressure on Russell Wilson. But that diamond package with three safeties and three cornerbacks, I just absolutely love it. It works for the Titans more times than not, and hopefully with Dan Crookshank emerging, they'll be able to use that a little bit more. But now that they've gotten rid of Bradley McDougald, who was playing the deep safety in that diamond package, Going to be interesting to see what they do. See, that's my point. You can't put Dan Crookshank back at the deep safety where McDougald was because now you're taking him out of that sub-package linebacker role that really fits his skill set. So I got to see what the Titans are going to do there. I also do want to say that the Titans basically got pressure with the front four all day. The Titans did not blitz a lot in this game, blitzing more than four people. It was just their front four through games, through stunts, through twists, through loops, through just a straight rush. 
The Titans front four on a straight rush, getting pressure consistently. <laughs> my heart, my heart can't take it, guys. Whoo, Lord. But either way, I think the biggest takeaway for me is the Titans would not have been able to play this well on defense if not for the physicality advantage. There's no way around it. The Titans' defensive line being so physical and dominating up front allowed the Titans to stay in dime and nickel personnel even when the Seahawks had multiple tight ends on the field and their heavy personnel. The physicality of the front seven and specifically the defensive line changed the numbers game and changed the calculus for the Titans and it allowed them to keep speed packages on the field and athletic defenders on the field so they didn't get burnt by the play-action pass game of the Seahawks. Excellent job by Shane Bowen. Both the Titans coordinators get a big round of applause for me in this game, but that's it. That is my notes. We talked about what the offense did, the adjustments they made, how they were able to find success. We talked about what the defense did, how the physicality advantage eventually gave the Titans a huge schematic advantage on defense, talked about the adjustments they made, talked about some unusual looks that the Titans went with with the 4-3 alignment. I mean, what else could you want? Well, for one thing, you could want the visual breakdown. I'm serious, guys. you got to go check out my Twitter, at Tic Tac Titans, and actually see all of, this, all of the stuff that I'm talking about right now. But that's going to do it for me today. Tomorrow is Crossover Thursday. We are going to have Evan Sidery from Locked On Colts to come on. I know a lot of you guys have strong feelings about Evan and the things that he says when we do our crossovers, so you will not want to miss that conversation on tomorrow's show. But that's going to do it for me today, folks. As always, I am your host, Tyler Rowland, and this was Locked On Titan. Hop, hop, hooray. Nordstrom Rack's got sweet deals on everything Easter, which is Sunday, March 31st. Get to Nordstrom Rack now and save on Kate Spade, New York, Two-Faced, Steve Madden, Calvin Klein, and more from just $30. Score great brands and great prices on Easter looks for everyone, plus spring decor, gifts, and all kinds of deliciousness. Rack up the deals today at your Nordstrom Rack store. What will you find? If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.